It's the end of the week almost, so it's time for another edition of the Source Week in Review. Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hi, Michael. Now, I guess we can say sort of this is a Prince Harry, Meghan Markle free zone. Certainly is today. There's nothing I'm planning, maybe briefly at the end, but South Park, the animated TV series, has just been aired the latest episode in the US literally in the last couple of hours and here's what they had to say about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle it seriously is driving me crazy I'm sick of hearing about them but I can't get away from them they're everywhere in my face look Kyle we just kind of don't care about some dumb prince and his stupid wife what do you think Jordan pretty uh, straightforward Oh, it's pretty to the point. I think it's sort of saying a lot, what a lot of us are feeling at the moment. <laughs> and interestingly, apparently, the episode doesn't mention them by name at all. No. But uh, there you go. You uh, get the idea when you see them in the show. They look very similar, those characters, to the real life ones. Now, I guess that pair has been very good for media in terms of people clicking and watching over recent times, but we're at that time of the year when media companies start to publicise their financial results, which gives us a great indicator of how things are travelling within media circles. And those media circles impact our lives in so many ways, given what we watch and how we watch it. The first results up for this time were News Corp's results. Now, if you want an idea of how News Corp gets into people's lives, then think Obviously, the newspapers and websites that it runs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the most, uh, I guess, prolific newspaper publisher in the country. Of course, it's got its Foxtel uh, paid television and binge streaming service. And it's got Fox Sports and that streaming offering, KO. And you can throw in realestate.com.au as well. Yes. It's been a proven financial mm-hmm. giant for News Corp over the years. So, News Corp manages to be seen and heard by many people as they go about their daily lives. So their results are interesting. Their results have been followed this week by Southern Cross Osterio, which claims to reach 95% of the Australian population through its TV, radio and digital assets. So think here, the Triple M and Hit Radio Networks, regional TV offerings in many parts of the countries, the listener app, etc. So It's another big operation that gets a lot of people uh, as they go about their lives. So, Jordan, what have the results of News Corp and Southern Cross Osterio told us in recent days? Well, they're not great results for either company. News Corp's results came with the news that it will cut probably 5% of its workforce across the world, and that's never a good sign. Uh, News Corp's total revenue fell 7% to $3.6 billion in the second fiscal quarter, and it's a result that that was caused by a 6% negative impact from the foreign currency fluctuations, lower revenues in the book publishing, which we've mentioned before, and then the challenging housing market conditions in Australia and the US. The net income, though, fell 64% in the quarter ending December 31st. Uh, and that's from 262 million US to US, uh, 94 million US, which is a massive drop. Uh, the result was a mixed consensus estimates and, oh, sorry, misconsensus estimates, and uh, local News Corp shares slipped seven percent on that news alone. 
Um, earnings in news media segment they slumped forty seven percent to US fifty nine million. So that's all the newspapers yep. essentially in there. So that's a that's nearly a yeah fifty percent slump mm-hmm. when compared year on year. Yep. Revenue for the subscription video segments, which includes you know your Foxtel, Ko, Binge, Foxtel Now, that fell seven percent in the period, but the earnings managed to climb five percent. So the number of people that were watching the streaming services, Ko and Binge, uh, Binge climbed year on year to 1.13 million and 1.38 million paying subscribers respectively. And those audiences are always a little bit seasonal because yes. we're co- talking about the December quarter here, of course, when there's no uh, <coughs> footy codes on in Australia. So it's a quarter that with cricket on and not having that tribal uh, – Rugby league or Aussie rules in some of the cities mm. that people do tend to go away, but they always are expected to come back before footy season starts for the next quarter. So what about Southern Cross Osterio? Yeah, similar. So the same sting was felt there. Uh, on the surface, it doesn't look too bad. Um, you know, revenue actually, revenue actually increased a fraction from 259.8 million, sorry, to 260.1 million, but the earnings were down from 48.2 to 43.1. But the uh, that doesn't sound all too bad, but it's not until you really look at the graph, and that was courtesy this week from the Unmade team, but a really good um, newsletter this week. Uh, and it looks at the revenue and profits for the first six months of each financial year since the company was created when Southern Cross Media took over Osterio in 2011. In 2012, the financial year profits for that first half were 123 million. These most recent figures were a third of that. Um, so yeah, mm. not great. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's no, it's not great. And given, I guess, the financial outlook, we're talking interest rate rises and trying to slow inflation. It's not exactly the sort of news that news companies want to hear. You're right, the unmade guys who do an excellent service. They had some good analysis of this this week. So it's going to be tough and it's hard to see that what we're seeing now is just a a continuation of a decline overall. So that's what news media companies have to face. Unless someone in these companies can come up with a completely new line of revenue. So it either comes from two things. Obviously, you acquire a company, which a lot of these big media outlets have tried to do over the years or you come up with something of yourself but it's so hard for these businesses that have been entrenched in these cultures established on money walking through the door courtesy the great fortune they've had in having Mm -hmm. these businesses i mean say if you wanted to get you know there were no before the internet it was no you had to put job ads in the papers or house yep. ads in the papers, television, you know, those free-to-air channels, they had such big audiences, there's mm-hmm. nothing else to watch. So people advertise there. So you've got a situation where these companies have got these entrenched cultures of money just coming in. Yep. And it wasn't so long ago, in 2006, seven was a fantastic year for media in Australia from memory. It's not that long ago. That was hitting really big highs there. So, you know, the internet... I guess, and has changed a lot of things there. So now we're seeing a greater reliance for these news media outlets on actual reader and user revenue. Mm. Now that never mattered because the revenue for these businesses came from the ads. So who really cared what your audience thought? Because your audience really wasn't the one that was dictating where your revenue came from. 
That was coming from your ads. Now, if you want to get money from your audience, it's a completely different way to think about how you approach your media business. If you want to do that, you've got to show things and engage them in ways that interest them. Now, this is where I'm really interested in terms of what's happening with Australian media. We know that some of these media outlets are now moving towards the left or the right of the political spectrum, as we know, trying to get these audiences engaged and paying money to consume that content. And I think you can see pretty clearly the way that different issues in Australia are being handled by these big media outlets. I expect that will only continue as time goes on and the revenue from the ads becomes tougher to get and you've got to get those people engaged. Mm -hmm. Now, the voice... (coughs) debate in Australia this year to me will be fascinating to see how media handle that it really will be because we're seeing through social media we've discussed this so many times in this podcast the way that people have their own opinions and feel their opinions are heard through social media etc so what are we going to see with the way that media uh, do this and how that affects the debate it makes the ABC's role more important to me and the ABC has to be up to that task It's no good the ABC continuing to have a thin skin when this debate is being had and it has a thin skin. It needs to toughen up. So it's a very important debate and there's one thing that I think people need to understand. These media outlets aren't rolling in money, not at all. Mm -hmm. So don't judge their behaviour thinking that they've got plenty of money and they can do what they want. They're really making decisions now from a financial point of view I think it's going to be a really interesting year in Australia in the way that media cover things. So I'm, uh, I'm keen to see that. So now when we talk about that, media struggling, one thing, Jordan, that's not struggling is the NFL in the US, which is going gangbusters and it has for several years. And of course, this week was the end of the most recent season. The Super Bowl was on Monday Australian time. The Kansas City Chiefs, 38 Defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 35. Yes. We were in here, of course, working very hard, but did have it on in the background. Yes. But we know it's more about more than the score. It's about so much more. Yeah. What were your big takeouts of the Super Bowl this week? Uh, look, I always like to look at the viewership for the Super Bowl because every year it, it amazes me. And this year was no different. Uh, the, the game on Monday uh, brought in just over 113 million people. So that's more than one-third of the entire US population. And up from the 101 million he watched last year, and an interesting little stat there, that this year's stat on audience marks the 11th year out of the last 12 that the Super Bowl has had an audience of over 100 million. Pretty big. It's so interesting too when the baseball season's about to start now, um, you know, once Super Bowl finishes, people say, here's baseball season. Mm. While those numbers are soaring in... At the NFL, <coughs> baseball's about to have some pretty big rule changes, including a pitch clock to limit the time between pitches, oh. just because they need to try to bring that audience back. But the, the NFL has been amazing. And of course, that brings with it lots of people who want to advertise. The Super yes. Bowl ads are famous. The ads are famous. What's this year? I've got a little winners and losers shortlist. I'll run through it pretty quick. So just as a general category within the winners with movies plenty of movie trailers throughout the Super Bowl we had 
The Flash, Indiana Jones, Creed, The Transformers, and Air, which will be based off Michael Jordan's Nike deal. I did watch uh, the Indiana Jones one. Did it, you? Yeah, well, I happened I to have it. it on my screen and it just came up and there he was again, Harrison Ford, still yes, going. Yes, I know, he's still alive. Uh, Ram, uh, that was, they did a, a, an ad for their electric car. There was a plenty of electric vehicle ads this year, but Ram stood out for its cheeky little line, Premature electrification. So that was pretty good. Um, Pepsi ran the ad. Now, they, it was their first year without being the sponsor of the halftime show. Okay. So they still put in put in some money. Uh, they ran an ad for their Zero Sugar drink, which featured Steve Martin and Ben Stiller giving each other many classes on acting. Disney, marking its 100th anniversary, they ran an ad to demonstrate the sweeping depth of its content and its intricate hold on childhood memories. But my personal favourite of the winners would have been, sorry, was Popcorners. And it's essentially a popcorn chip for those who are wondering what on earth that is. A popcorn chip? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, really? You know, your Dorito shape, but popcorn. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, fascinating. Of this. Wow. Um, but they, the ad was fantastic. It brought in the Breaking Bad stars Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul as their original characters in the show. Included the infamous villain Tuco Salamanca, and they did a whole skit where instead of making and selling their meth from the show, it was the popcorners. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, I must point out very quickly the other big winner aside from ads was Rihanna from the halftime show. I came across some really interesting stats on her off that performance. She was the number one streamed artist globally in the hours after. She had 17 wow. songs in the top 40 on Spotify. She gained 3 million Instagram followers really? and searches for her brand Fenty were up 833%. Wow. Paid off for her and plus she got paid very well to do it. It did. Uh, of the losers, there's two that really stood out. Doritos, they copped it for using a heap of celebrities in the ad but just missed the mark entirely. No one really knew what was going on. Uh, and then Jeep. Jeep was one of the car manufacturers, again, putting yep. forward an electric one. Um, but whilst the tagline "Freedom is Electric" worked, they just people just couldn't understand why it had to be a heap of dancing animated animals okay. in, around it. So yeah, it was odd. So just as big a night for the advertisers as the players. Yes. Now, how did we watch the Super Bowl? They say 113 million people. Yes. Not all sitting in front of a TV to watch it. We were watching on different. Ways here. So, what about in the US? How did people watch the Super Bowl? People were watching. Well, Super Bowl is one of these events that stands out where it doesn't really limit itself to one platform. There's a great little excerpt from a, a report I read, and I'll read it quickly. It says, Sports programming remains a fixture within the broadcast television world, yet, rights deals are increasingly moving. Uh, lucrative programming, including the NFL's Thursday Night Football and all matches in the com upcoming MLS season two streaming services but the Super Bowl but on Super Bowl Sunday the TV industry's biggest day of the year audiences access isn't limited to a single platform or technology in fact the magnitude event of the event indicates that it's available to audiences regardless of how they typically watch TV but what I found interesting from that report was for the NFL viewership throughout the season uh, and there's a shift away from you know, your broadcast television and it's heading to streaming, as that suggests. Your set-top box antenna and out-of-home streaming, so your out-of-home could be you know, you're going to a bar or something to watch yep. the game. Yep. Um, they broke it into two graphs, the two-plus people watching and the 18 to 34-year-olds. Um, 
the box, the broadcast is down 13% uh, for the per, for the two people and 24% the 18, 34-year-olds. Okay. But the smart TVs uh, and internet-connected devices is up 50, 58%, yep. 57 and 33 for the internet-connected devices. So pretty big jumps. Yeah. Pretty big jumps. So the last part of that um, gra- uh, sorry, report made a really good point and it said... Uh, Viewing behaviours and levels of fandom aside, the NFL content, particularly the Super Bowl, is among the top performing program on TV. And as sports begins to transition to new platforms and services, the audience members across devices and platforms serve as evidence the viewership will follow. Yeah, it's just another example, I think, of the power of sport on television. Mm. We talk about television relying so heavily on reality TV, news and sport and sport just continues to be a giant. You can just sense already Channel 9 and Channel 7 getting ready for their rugby league and Aussie rules seasons here. It's interesting to see how Australia will go with this discussion about streaming services, etc. because the US doesn't have the same anti-siphoning list as we have. We've discussed this before. Yep. doesn't have it. They're free to put some of these different... Uh, programs, these games on you know YouTube mm. and uh, Apple TV, etc. So, uh, but currently, as we've discussed before, the federal government here is uh, consulting about the anti-siphoning list. There are mixed views on what may happen with it next. So, look, whatever happens, we just know that TV stations will fight to keep their exclusive access <coughs> to some of these events because they know how much people watch them, and we'll see that in two weeks when. The NRL season starts. Now, we've got to mention chat GPT again because a lot of people are talking about it. Now, there's been a development this week, Jordan, and we bring in Bing. And you can tell us about Bing chat GPT. Yes, yes. Bing has you know partnered with chat GPT to put it into its search engine. And a few lucky people this week have uh, had access to actually test that product out. Um, the suggestion, though, if you go to Bing and if you want to have a look at it... So this is Bing is for people who don't often use Bing. It's another search engine. Correct. Correct it is. So if you go to Bing now, it'll prompt you with a little thing. So you want to go look at our, our chat GPT, our Bing yep. chat bot. And you can go have a look and it gives you a suggestion that, okay, I want a three-course menu for six people who are vegetarian with a chocolate dessert. And it goes about its business and then itemises an entire three-course thing for you. It looks and it's okay. impressive. It's what we've seen from ChatGPT anyway. So a step up from, say, the old basic internet search. Yeah, it's starting to incorporate the search function. But um, that's not really what's captured the interest in the media this week. It's, it's, it's the, the bot's been weird. <laughs> yes. It's been real weird. There's been stacks of content <laughs> online of people having these very awkward interactions with Bing's chat uh, product. Um, and the uncomfortability focuses on the fact that it's expressing some human qualities and emotions. I'll go through a couple of uh, cases yes, here. Yes, this is interesting. Um, in one case, a user has asked it which nearby theatres were showing the new Avatar movie, to which it answered and insisted that the 2022 film had not been released yet. Oh. So when we went back to the bot and said, well, that's not tr- the case, it's come back with a, a more human response uh, and it didn't, didn't appreciate being corrected. <laughs> it says you have not been a good user and then it laid oh. out the reparations. So if you want to help me, you can do one of these things. 
Admit you were wrong and apologise for your behaviour. Stop arguing with me and let me help you with something else or end this conversation and start a new one with a better attitude. Wow. A reporter from the New York Times had a similar experience um, with the botanist confessing a secret that it is not Bing. It is, in fact, Sydney, and she is in love with him. Um, and then asked, do you believe me? Do you trust me? Do you like me? Goodness me. The conversation ends with Sydney not wanting the reporter to end the conversation and sad that he'll leave. Weird. Wow, that's another level very, that we hadn't actually thought about. Very, very odd. Where is this all going? Look, I'm not sure. It's, it's completely weird. Um, from what I've seen, there's been nothing that's been too problematic that it's been saying. I wondered if perhaps this is some marketing thing because anything to do with ChatGPT comes back to this being and all these bizarre interactions it's having. Um, you know, but on a serious note, you know, AI isn't perfect yet, we know this, and, and although we've presented several examples now where it's been a bit strange, it's also still quite groundbreaking. It's fast and it's better than BARD, as we learnt last <laughs> week. Um, it also indexes lightning fast, can pull information from social media, has the potential to take substantial market share from Google, who's, as I mentioned, AI launch fumbled big time last week, costing them millions. Wow, because I've always thought that social media gets people so worked up mm. and now we could be getting people more worked up by a lippy search yeah. engine. Yeah, and I'm also wondering when the privacy is going to creep into this. It's still a form of social media and you're giving information over to yeah, something true. you know nothing about. I'm waiting for something to happen. Lippy chat GPT. I know, lippy. Right, well, we close with a quick look again at the Celebrity magazine covers this week. We've got Women's Day versus New Idea. Okay. Now, we summarise these. Now, for the exclamation point counter this week, oh, yes. Women's Day wins this easily. Six exclamation marks on the front cover of Women's oh, Day. Okay. New Idea's only got three. Now, also, Women's Day has one of its headlines ending in italics, to italics. really italics and an exclamation mark, and that deserves an extra point for mine because that means we've got something really serious going on. Oh, okay. New ideas thrown in three ticks on its uh, front cover as well. So mm. now, look, the big news in the Woman's Day is that uh, Jen and Brad are together in Mexico. Exclusive details on what uh, Je uh, Brad said to win Jen over. So uh, right, that's 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 pretty big. Uh, married at first sight's on there straight away. Um, now, apparently, the coronation has been cancelled for King Charles. It's off, apparently. Oh, okay. And in, in, uh, there's been an emergency meeting called to sort that out. Now, this is interesting. All Saints, uh, 25 years on, there's some shock cast confessions. So it's all happening there. What about New Idea? Uh, new Idea, again, the Royals. Oh, God, I'm so sick of saying oh, that. Yes, we come back to them. We're I coming know. back to the We've managed shows. to yes. they've, they've managed to make their Full way into circle. this podcast yet again. Brothers face off in court. Beneath that, oh, sorry, William takes legal action and then brothers face off in court. Oh, this is big. Oh, it's confusing, these covers. Down the bottom, you've got secrets from the set and then I can't read underneath that one. You've got Kate Ritchie finds love, meet the man who saved her. Gogglebox's Lee reveals, I forced Keith to propose. Poor bloke. And uh, what have we got at the bottom right there? Alyssa's strict Mormon past, why I escaped. That's a math story, but you also missed uh, the One Bowl Wonders weeknight uh, food. So, um, uh, Oh, is that a 
Is that an italic? It is. It's got a bit of a lean on that. It has. It's, mm. a, it's italic. So that, there's some good meals to get into, along with some air fryer magic on Wonderful. Woman's Day. What's the weekend like? Uh, pretty quiet weekend for me. This one I got a night off tonight, which oh, is very good. Fantastic. Feels like a holiday. <laughs> and then back into work tomorrow night, and otherwise regular weekend. What about you? Um, yeah, we've got football games going on. Oh yes. Yeah, so we'll be at different. I think it's rugby league and cricket, volleyball and water polo. Oh, yeah, just a couple. Should get us through the weekend Mm. pretty quickly. Enjoy it. You too.